Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Episode 507. My name is Paul Garcia and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. Joining me in studio is Pro- Project Spurs' founder, Michael DeLeon. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm good. I feel like I can finally breathe because the whole craziness of the offseason is over. Like, we know where everybody's going. We know pretty much the makeup of the team. And uh, it's not such a, a crazy time anymore. We're just waiting for something to drop. So, it uh, feels good. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, especially you know, I basically took vacation after Kawhi got yeah. traded. I could I, personally, I could finally go out of town and just take a break. Um, and you know, Spurs cast listeners, as as you all know, that uh, we haven't really been recording now that it's the off season. We're doing bi weekly, so um, we won't be putting out an episode every week until the, the season starts kicking in, in, into form here. So, um, so Mike and I have three topics to go over for this episode. Uh, we'll kind of go through the, the current news of, of the Spurs and what's going on. There's not a lot going on right now, but there, there has been a few minimal transactions and, and news that, that uh, we're awaiting. So, Mike, let's begin with, with first with the uh, roster makeup. Um, on Thursday, you and I are recording this on, on – uh, today's Thursday, actually, that we're recording this. But on Tuesday, uh, the Spurs announced that uh, Brandon Paul had been waived. Uh, that wasn't too shocking just because he had a $1.3 million contract that would become guaranteed if he remained on the roster past August 1st. Uh, so by doing this, the Spurs basically now have 14 guaranteed spots, which means they have one spot open. Uh, what were your thoughts on Paul getting waived? Did you expect that or did you – was it – Yeah, I mean I expected it because we knew they weren't anywhere close to like the apron just yet. But I don't think it was the money as far as it was a roster spot because – Obviously, we still don't know what's going to happen with Manu. I know we're going to go into that, but and and there's just like a glut of like uh, two twos right now. They have so many uh, guys that can play basically these multiple positions in, in that same spot, and so he probably wasn't going to get a ton of playing time. So I, I was expecting that he'd probably, you know, honestly, I think maybe Pop and Arcee might have done him a favor because now he can go and, and sign somewhere else and maybe actually get some more playing time somewhere or even go overseas. But I really didn't expect him to stick. Yeah, I know. No, I, I totally agree with you, especially what you mentioned about the two. I mean, just looking at the roster right now, just reading some of the twos. Marco Bellinelli, Mono Ginobili, assuming he comes back, uh, Derek White, Brennan, uh, Bryn Forbes, and then uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth. So like you just mentioned, you know, where was Paul going to play? Uh, that two spot is kind of repetitive right now on the roster. So, And, and like you mentioned, uh, there's already been r- reports that uh, I think some, some international teams have, have some interest in him. So, yeah, it's more of the, the professional thing to do to let him go out. And, and you know, if he wasn't going to get any playing time in San Antonio and really have a roster spot, it's better to let him try and, and find a, a, another job elsewhere. Um, another player I mentioned there, Mike, was Manu Ginobili. He, you know, a lot of us expect that he's still going to come back, but he actually has not said anything just yet. Today that you and I are recording this, it's, fine. it's August 2nd. And the latest Manu had ever gone in an offseason without giving his decision was last year, which was July 18th. So now we're 
we're at August 2nd. It kind of seems like he is coming back. You know, he, he's been on vacation with his family in Canada, according to his Twitter and Instagram. And he's kind of made some references that kind of like he might come back. You know, when, when he was pop made a joke about Manu chasing bears a few weeks ago. <laughs> and then Manu kind of hinted at that on Twitter as well. So it's almost like, you know, they're still kind of talking uh, through, through, the, through their <laughs> open, like, you know, r- reports and stuff or open communication, should I say, in different formats. Um, do, do you think he's coming back? And then also, do you uh, would it... Would it surprise you if he just does, doesn't say anything and just kind of just pops into training camp on late September? That seems like a Manu thing to do, just to like not say anything and then just be there for media day. And everybody's like, okay, I guess Manu's back. But yeah, I mean, I actually do think he's coming back. Um, a friend of ours, Chris Dool, uh had me on the ticket a few, probably maybe almost a month ago and asked me where I was getting. And I was like, I'm not too sure just because at the other time it was after, you know, Tony had been... Uh, or Tony signed elsewhere, and you know, there's still a lot of uh, question marks with Kawhi, and so I wasn't sure, but now I feel like um, he will come back. And uh, but you know, he's kind of being tight lipped and not really saying much. But like I said, it, on media day, I think that might be. I mean, it, it, we're still a ways away from that, so um, it, it could be that he ends up doing that. But yeah, I, I have a feeling that like that competitive spirit is still there. And I think he'll want to have kind of a role, and especially because there's so many younger guys now with. Um, Obviously, Dejounte, but Derek and Lonnie, and I feel like he, and then playing another year with the with the Marco. I know they uh, enjoy playing together. Uh, I think you know he'd probably enjoy that as well. So that'd be a good way to probably close out his career. Yeah, no, no, like like you both, you and I both mentioned. I think that we'd be very, we'd be pretty surprised if he does end up retiring, which which doesn't look like he will do right now. And just to to recap for listeners, um, Manu does have a guaranteed two point five million dollar contract he can come back to. So he he has a, a roster spot, and so like as Mike and I and, and the entire staff of Project Spurs, we look at the roster as basically fourteen players on the roster until he says that he's he's retiring or not. Uh, we do count him as part of uh, part of the roster. So now, Mike, uh, let's move on to our second topic, and that that's now that open roster spot. So now, the Spurs do have fourteen contracts if we're including Manu, and they have one open roster spot. They can technically op- uh you know give. Tw- uh, the roster up to 20 players, open it up to 20 players for training camp. But by the, by the first game of the regular season in October, that needs to be trimmed down to 15. So let's discuss this, uh, this, oh, this vacant roster spot. And what do you think the, the Spurs should do with this spot um, for a little bit here? Uh, the first, the first route is, you know, maybe signing a free agent, whether it's for the veteran minimum or the Spurs have all the way up until the $3.3 million uh, by annual exception. Now, the only free agent that's still available that was kind of rumored to the Spurs um, was Trevor Booker. It was on opening night. His name was kind of leaked out there that San Antonio had interest, made a call toward him. But outside of that, uh, none of the other reported free agents that the Spurs had interest in are are still available on the the free agent market. Uh, What do you think about that first option? Do you think they should still look to sign somebody, whether it's for the veteran minimum or up to that $3.3 million biannual exception? You know, something tells me that that especially Papa is probably not going to rush... Uh, I have a feeling that he might uh, invite several players to camp and then see what that works out. I don't think he's going to rush to sign anybody. I think what, like I said, what he's done uh, for several years. I remember a few years ago, I think it was Bobby Simmons that he did, and he got like a uh, non-guaranteed contract and he let him play out to the uh, training camp, and then he saw where the, uh, you know he fit. And I think he likes to have that extra flexibility of that spot, especially if you know Mono does come back and that's just one. One spot left. Uh, I think that he'll he'll want to see before signing anybody. He'll want to see basically what they have in, in camp and how they play with the rest of the team. Yeah. What about the um, the second round picks? You know, they do have Chemezi Metu out there. 
Uh, he, he was just recently drafted in June, but then they also have Jaron Blossom game who who already spent a season over in Austin. He's been working hard. Uh, he played pretty well in the uh, summer league in both the, the Utah and Vegas portion. They they could give one of those two players, you know, that, that vacant spot. What do you think about either of those players possibly getting that 15th spot? Yeah, those are both positions that they could use some depth at, especially um, they seem to be uh, really short up front. And um, But I, I was really impressed with the Tremendous Neptune in summer league. But then he had that injury, and you kind of wonder if if they can still have him on a, on a, a two way. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Blossom game. You know, I wonder if they're kind of maybe reserving a two way spot for either or both of those guys. Um, if I if I was going to pick, I'd probably say uh, Met two at this point, just because he kind of impressed me a bit more in Blossom game. While I like the work ethic and hustle and things like that, there's still a few holes there that probably could use some more seasoning and and uh, more time and at least in the G League or somewhere to to figure out. Another player who's kind of out there um, who might be able to nab that, that 15th spot is uh, Darren Hilliard. He, he was on a two-way contract with the Spurs last season. Now, he um, you know he has a qualifying offer, so he's still a restricted free agent, and he can either sign it and stay on a two-way contract again one more time next season, or uh, you know he and the Spurs can try to work out some sort of deal where he can get that 15th spot. He's also been um, reported to have uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv from overseas is, is interested in him. Uh, what do you think about Hilliard? I feel like he's kind of in that same camp with uh, Brandon Paul, where he's in that same kind of position. He could probably play some three if he had to, but um, so could Marco, I think. So could Mono if it feels kind of forced to. Uh, so I, I still think that they just have too many players in that spot. And if they're really looking to fill it out, I think they'd probably go for uh, maybe like a, a three, four, or five. Yeah, that's kind of the, the those are the three positions that I have pegged as the, the areas where they need some help. Because if you look at their roster, at the one they have, uh, Murray and Mills, those are pretty, you know, pretty safe picks there. I already read you that the twos they have so many shooting guards. At the three, they can play somebody like Demar Derozan and Dante Cunningham. So they need some help there, I think, a little bit, some some depth. At the four, you have Rudy Gay and Davis Bertans, so you might need some more um, depth there. And then the five looks a little clogged already. There you have like Lamarcus Aldridge, Pau Gasol, and Jakob Pertl. So, yeah. so there's there's a few bigs already, especially for a league that's getting smaller. Sure. Um, one one route that you mentioned was uh, going with the um, the route of leaving the, the roster spot open, like you mentioned, the flexible spot. And if they do that, you know, you you open it up for somebody in training camp getting an invite. You in January, you can offer players ten day contracts, like we've seen the Spurs do in the past. Or you wait till like close to March, and then there's that buyout market where veteran players get bought other contracts. Um, so, so is that still an option? Do you think that's a, that's a pretty good option for? The yeah, Spurs? I think so. And you know, there's there's been some players that have been released lately, and, and players that have been released probably wouldn't be a good fit. But you never know. Uh, closer to the training camp, closer to the season, um, as other teams try to you know try to get under the cap or try to save some money, like OKC did, like Houston's tried to do. If there's a player that becomes available, um, the one I thought that, uh, and I know John's a big fan of him, is is uh, the guy from Chicago. David uh, Anwaba, yeah, yeah, he got signed by the Cavs. Yeah, yeah. Recently. So I thought he might be, but mm-hmm. again, he's still another one of those players that kind of is in one of those areas that they've got plenty of depth at. So uh, you know, I, I think I think that might be probably the most, uh, I guess, at least obvious to me right now is to keep that and have some flexibility. Yeah, I, I want to talk about two more players before we move on from this topic. I think one guy who who it's not been reported or anything, but it just who who I think might be a fit. Just just as again, just my opinion, it's not me reporting anything. Is maybe like somebody like Shabazz Muhammad. Yeah. Uh, he's still a uh, an unrestricted free agent out there. He can play a little bit of three and four, yeah. and that's kind of you know play backup minutes. He can kind of get to the basket, get to the free throw line. Not you know not, the shooting is obviously the issue there. 
um, especially with the roster where there's 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 kind of a mix of not that many shooters and pretty good outside shooters, but can't do much else as far as like driving the basket. What do you think about somebody like Muhammad? I, I you know I've always been kind of uh, surprised at him. You know when he first came into the league and, and where he's at, and I feel like he's kind of one of those players that Pop could probably mold a little bit and and make a spot in the system for him, and not try to uh, you know try try to do anything that's outside of his comfort. So in our comfort level and utilize him really well. So I've, you know, I think that's definitely somewhere where they could use some some extra uh, depth. And especially, I mean, it just depends on, on what lineups they use and if they're going to go small with uh, Aldridge at the five, or if they put you know DeRozan at three. Then you know, but still, I think having some some flexibility and and having somebody that's first to play several positions is always nice. Hey, one guy I wanted to bring up um, um, is he's one that a lot of fans on Twitter, you know, have, have talked to me about. They've, they've wanted on the Spurs is uh, Aaron Aflalo. He's a free agent. He's 32 years old now. Spent last season in the, with the Magic, played 50 games. Um, I'm not as high on him as far as like just because one he's getting older, and if you look at his, you know, I, I judge a lot of stuff by stats and the eye test, and uh, the stats don't paint a good picture of him. Ever since basically finished that that last uh, two years ago with the Knicks. He really hasn't been a very productive player. Even last year, he obviously he didn't play 30 games, but he still played 50 games. And a lot of the stats on both ends of the floor, offense and defense, don't look very well for him right now, especially at 32. Um, so I know he's a player that a lot of fans do want on the Spurs, um, or a few fans, should I say, not, not a lot. Um, what do you think about Aflalo? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say about with you there. He was one guy that when he came uh, out of college into the NBA, it seemed like he was going to be one thing, and it seems like he never, ever reached that potential. Um, and it, it was like a harder transition for him, and he's kind of, I feel like he's kind of hitting his head on wherever his ceiling is at right now, and so it's going to be hard for him to, uh, especially at this age, do anything beyond what he's done his entire career, so I, I don't see that happening. Okay, so, yeah, so Spurs cast listeners, so there you go, um, you know, the, the Spurs do have the 15th spot open right now, uh, it's kind of just a wait-and-see approach to see whether or not, you know, maybe maybe news pops in the next few days or weeks so they, they sign an unrestricted free agent, one of their second-round picks, or maybe they just leave that spot open going into the training camp, let somebody try to earn it, or leave it open for, like, the 10 days or the uh, buyout market later on in the year. So we'll kind of keep an eye on what San Antonio does with that vacant roster spot. Mike and I are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Thank you for listening to SpursCast, episode 507. I'm Paul Garcia, joined by Michael DeLeon in studio. For our last topic on this um, SpursCast, episode 507, Mike, I want to discuss um, one more player uh, who, who might have sort of what can be looked at as an expiring contract, and that's uh, Pau Gasol this year. 
Um, I recently wrote a piece called uh, two, two Financial Questions um, you know, about the Spurs after the Kawhi Leonard-DeMar DeRozan trade on Project Spurs. So, so Spurscast listeners, if you want to read that, it's over on Project Spurs. You can check it out. Anyway, one of the questions in there was, you know, a, a lot of fans do ask this question to me on Twitter is, is you know, the two contracts that are two of the biggest for the Spurs that, that a lot of fans want off the books are, are Patty Mills or Pau yeah. Gasol. Now, if you look at Patty's deal, because of the length of the deal, it looks very tough to, to trade him right now. Maybe maybe next season um, is the time when he'll be an expiring contract. I mean, uh, down the road, should I say. However, Paul, uh, Paul Gasol's is a little bit interesting because he's going to make $16.8 million this year. And then next season, uh, you know, he's, he's only supposed to partially make um, $6.7 million. But if they don't waive him by July 1st, then that all of a sudden goes to $16 million. So basically they have a deadline to waive him if they don't want him in the plans for, the, for next season uh, to waive him before July 1st. So in a way, he's almost seen as an expiring contract. Now, there's a few – I wrote in that piece, Mike, a few routes the Spurs could take with Gasol's contract if they do want to you know, possibly trade him. And there were reports in the summer that they were looking to you know, possibly move him. And some of those, those reported Kawhi Leonard deals, maybe you know, there, there was always reports that, hey, the Spurs want to attach a Pal Gasol's contract with Leonard and stuff like that. So, so it's not like this is just coming out of nowhere. Um, so, so let's look at the, the three different timelines that they could look at, at trading Pal if they wanted to go with that route. You could go with the, the right now route, which is, um, you know, you could look for a player who, who has a very similar salary, who um, the Spurs can maybe attach a second round pick with Powell and, and trade his contract. And then that team who gets him can uh, either, you know, keep him on the roster or maybe waive him like at the contract buyout so he can go play with like a contender or something like that. So the one player who I think fits this mold is uh, Kent Bazemore of the Hawks. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a wing player, uh, would give the Spurs some more depth on the wing. He does, you know, he's making 18 million this year, so the, so the salaries match up perfectly. And then next year, though, he has a 19.2 million dollar player option. Um, the Rockets have been reported to have interest in him right now, um, you know, for Ryan Anderson's contract, I believe. So, so, so he's available. From what I've heard from from both the Hawks media and stuff, um, you know, he's definitely available. The Hawks do want to get off his money. They want to kind of take a whole new um, approach with their team going into next season in terms of like the younger players. So, uh, what what would you think about Kent Bazemore if if the Spurs and um, and uh, Hawks got into some sort of negotiations. I've always liked Kent Bazemore's game, um, and uh, yeah, that salary isn't isn't the best uh, look. But I think uh, I think Spurs fans might actually be like that, or like the type of player he is, and wouldn't mind spending that money on a player like that, like they do on Powell, because that's one name we've heard so much this offseason is Powell, and everybody wants Patty as well. But Powell's been it seems like. Um, on top of everybody's minds is, is is how do we get rid of that that massive contract, and you can't really you can't really just trade it and get you, know, you have to give it to in order to get out of that contract completely or or, or take on a lot less. It have to be to a team that has a lot of cap space and would be willing to. So that's kind of hard to do. So they have to be willing to take somebody back like Vaughn. I feel like his skill set. I mean, would be a good fit in San Antonio. Um, if they can make that happen, but you know Houston, I mean, it kind of depends on him because, uh, and he and really uh, Atlanta, but Houston might look like a more attractive option. So, uh, but I'd be, I think I'd be fine with that. I mean, also a lot depends on um, Jacob Pertle and and how quickly he transitions to uh, the team, and if 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 they can feel comfortable enough with losing Powell. 
Yeah, no, those are those are definitely good points. And the reason why I kind of pegged Bazemore as an option is one because he's available. It's which is like I mentioned, which which is, which is what has been reported. But two is that uh, the Spurs did have some prior interest in him. Uh, there was a few seasons ago where um, when he had just signed that deal with Atlanta when he came from the Lakers, I had talked to him in the locker room. Uh, in Atlanta's locker room, and I just went up to him and I just basically said, "Hey, man, was there any real interest, you know, from the Spurs?" He said, "Yeah, they really, you know, they, they did have, they did have interest in me," and so that that tells you that they at least had prior interest. Now we don't know if after these few years in Atlanta, if his stock has ri- risen or fallen with the Spurs in terms of their evaluation. That's something we don't know. But as far as prior history goes, the Spurs did at one point, you know, like him as a player. So that's why I kind of I put I put his name out there, yeah. um, Joe. I think Ed. No, I mean, and then he's also. Um... I don't know what his, his relationship was like with Budenholzer. If he had a good relationship with him, maybe that's something where he'd see, uh, you know, working with Pop as kind of a similar uh, situation. Oh, that's a good that's a good point. He'll probably know the terminology. He'll know a lot of the, the you know the schemes that the Spurs run because he came from from Coach Bud's system. Um, there's another there's another uh, type of uh, route they could take with the, with Pau Gasol's contract. They could wait it out to like closer to the trade deadline. So. In this instance, you're basically trading an expiring for an expiring contract. So, I, I in that piece, I also named a few players. Um, now, the, again, these are like in the event that those teams right now these teams want to be good, but what if they go you know they go the wrong way the season and they have to end up going toward the tanking route? So here's a few players I could see going that route. Um, maybe somebody like Damari Carroll on the, on the Brooklyn Nets if Brooklyn struggles. It's George Hill on the Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers if Cleveland's you know if Cleveland starts wanting to tank. Wesley Matthews on the Dallas Mavericks if the Mavericks want to. Um, you know, go toward uh, aiming for the lottery balls later on in the season. Nikola Vucevic on the Orlando Magic, and then also even a, a big name here is a Trevor Ariza. Uh, if if the Suns think the Suns do want to be competitive, but if we see by like January, you know that they're 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 not headed that route, they 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 have a better uh, chance of getting a better draft pick. Then maybe they start tanking, and then maybe Ariza becomes. And all these players are they're on the last they're on the uh, last year of their contract. Uh, so what do you think about the Spurs being patient and maybe looking at that that expiring contract market? I feel like that's the most uh, the most likely route, just because I feel like they do have to take that time, um, and I, I doubt that they'd see enough in Pirtle in trading cap to be able to say, okay, well, we'll trust him to be our, our next guy in line after Aldridge, um, so I, I think they would probably want to be a little more safe in that regard, and so I see that happening. I like some of the names you mentioned, Vucevic especially, uh, and then... Um, even Carroll and uh, the, what was the last one you named? Uh, Trevor Reza. Yeah, Trevor Reza. Obviously, he's a three-point shooter, three-D guy. So I think that I think, I've always thought he was kind of a, a sports type of guy. Uh, George Hill. That's one guy, and you kind of wonder if they'd go back to kind of hindering the development of some of the younger guys again if they brought him. I'm sure uh, a lot of people in San Antonio would love it just to have him back. And I know he works. You know, obviously he does really good relationship with Pop and. Uh, you know the front office, so that might be something they look to do. But I, I see that as less likely than some of the others. I think that's a great point. That maybe I myself, I had to personally said I haven't really taken into consideration. Also, even some of the fans, maybe by just looking at because we all we're basically looking at Pal's contract number and yeah. not necessarily what you're losing from you know as far as a player. And, and you're you're great to point out that uh, that uh, you know you're losing production there. That a guy who knows the system is a, is a really good passer. Lamarcus likes playing with him. Uh, he's a good backup five right now. Uh, in the league, and that's something that we're kind of overlooking in terms of just talking about his contract. You know, the Spurs. You know, as far as he, he is a vital part of the system, um, even though you know the the the, the traditional center like in, of his mold is, is obviously yeah. leaving the league, especially at his age. Um, so I really think you made a good point there that you know how ready them trading Powell might be dependent on how ready is Pirtle 
Uh, and that's a good point that you brought up. Yeah, and, and, and I, I like what I've seen from Hurdle. Uh, I've watched him a little bit since he entered the league, and he seems to be um, a little more athletic, maybe have a little more lateral quickness, but not much so than, than Powell. And obviously Powell's a mismatch in, against some of those smaller teams and, and more athletic teams. But uh, I think the trust that they have in him and the fact that he's been there and he's been to uh, you know finals and things like that, and just his experience, I, th- I can see, especially uh, Pop, valuing that and not wanting to just let that go right away until he has like a backup plan in place. Yeah, no, those are those are excellent points. Um, the last route they can take with Powell's contract, Mike, is uh, they could. Uh, well, actually, there's two routes. <laughs> the f- the first one is um, they could wait till after the season ends. So let's say they get to the playoffs, they get eliminated, uh, then they can they have the option to trade Powell again before July first, or they you know whether if they don't make the playoffs, then they could obviously make that choice again after the season ends. So once your season ends, you're allowed to, to make trades again. That becomes like the most the most difficult thing to do because. In that scenario, you're trying to find teams that can kind of. If, if you don't want any um, players back, then you want to. You got to try to find teams that are going to absorb his contract. And right now, there's literally nobody left. Like even the Kings spent all their money. The, the Hawks spent all their money. Nobody has cap space to take in Powell's contract anymore. The, that time frame is over. You could still try to do like, like I mentioned those um, expiring contracts. But again, you'd probably want to do that more so uh, in the middle of the season when those players have have more value because they could play for you. Uh, and, and again, to make some of these trades, you probably need to give up just a second round pick so that, the, that those teams get something instead of nothing for those players that are going to be walking away. Um, so, so that are going to be something interesting to watch. Also, like like the last route, should I say, is uh, they could just let him come back on the roster next season. You know, if yeah. if, if Pop really likes him, he's a really um, vital part of the team. You know, going forward, maybe they just want to have his sixteen million on the roster and, and he'll play again next season and finish up that that current deal that he's on. So, so that's kind of something to watch. Is I. For, for just from my opinion, I don't think they're done. Like this roster is not going to be the team you see going into the playoffs next season. Whether it's through the buyout market, they they get a player, or whether it's through a trade using Powell's contract, I think it's very likely that this team gets a little bit more of an upgrade. Uh, you know, before the playoffs do begin uh, next year, next season in, in April. Uh, thanks, Mike, for joining me for SpursCast episode five hundred seven. Uh, SpursCast listeners, uh, please uh, follow at Project Spurs on Twitter, at ATLeague underscore NBA on Twitter, at the SpursCast, at Project Spurs Network. And if um, online, visit us at ProjectSpurs.com, AnalyzingTheLeague.com, and ProjectSpurs.net. If you're on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. Thank you. Have a great day. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.